You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a pen, call a friend, and get ready to be inspired. We have the man himself with us in our studio on today, Dave Ebert. Today, we're going to be talking to him and how he is using his gifts to impact the world. In 2013, Dave relocated to Illinois to pursue using his gifts for God's glory. And in July of 2013, Dave co-founded an improv comedy ministry that is now called Well-Versed Comedy. Gifts for His Glory oversees Glory Podcast and Dave's improv coaching and his speaking. So we got a lot of juicy stuff that we're going to talk about. We're going to do some deep sea diving. Dave and his wife, Bobby, they're co-pastors also of the church called Thrive Church, which is located in Lockport, Illinois. We want to give a shout out. I've been there. It's awesome. He rocks, he rocks, he rocks, okay? And they reside in Crest Hill, Illinois. Dave, welcome to the show. Love your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You're representing well. Love your shirt, Thrive Church. Um, Dave, we're going to get right into the deep, deep uh, part of your story because I know that you have talked about um, to us, you share with us a number of things um, before you got into comedy, the reasons why you got into comedy, of some of the teasing and some of the challenges that you went through, um, you know, as a youngster. I know you used to be, tell us about those days when you were wrestling and, and doing the hawk <laughs> type of impressions. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that backstory. Sure. Uh, the, the biggest reason I got into comedy is it's a story of redemption that, uh, over many years of fighting depression, uh, that was brought on, uh, you know, different reasons. Uh, my dad was sick for many, many years and he didn't know how to handle his, uh, sickness. Mm. I didn't know how to handle it as a teenager. And there's a natural, uh, parent teenager, uh, angst that happens. So you add illness and fading health on top of that. And, mm. uh, it just led into a, a deep depression. So, um, most of my life, I'd always try to be funny anyway, just because I like to hear people laugh. But in high school, it turned into this thing where I was using it as a defense mechanism. Mm. I was using it as a way to hide how I felt, but also justify uh, my own existence. Because mm. if I could make somebody laugh, I knew that I could, uh, that I was offering value to the world, which means that I it made sense for me to be here because mm. in that depression, I was battling suicide. I was wow. considering it. I was planning it, trying to find a way to do it in a way that looked like an accident so that mm. I wouldn't leave shame and embarrassment on my family. I just wanted the, the pain and the darkness to end. But I had, uh, going back a little bit, in mm -hmm. sixth grade, I had accepted Christ as, as uh, my Savior, but I was never truly discipled, so I didn't know what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But that salvation, that moment, was just enough of an anchor that even though I didn't know what it was, mm -hmm. it was that still small voice of God whispering in my ear, 
uh, take one more breath, take one more step, live one more day, live one more week. And eventually those weeks became months and they became years. So even though I was fighting and struggling on my own strength, that still small voice was in my ear encouraging me. And in my ignorance, I was seeing that that still small voice was uh, a voice of cowardice, a voice mm-hmm. of of embarrassment, a voice of fear. But it was really, it was God doing what he ever he could, whatever he would without violating his own gift of free will to encourage me not to do it. And in 2013, I, I finally decided that it was time to pursue a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, in all that... Um, intermediate time. I uh, had done acting. I had done radio. I was a, a radio DJ for many years. And then, uh, as you mentioned before, I also did pro wrestling. Mm. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> I was the East Coast largest athlete, big boy, buddy, love. Oh, big and, boy, buddy, love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was all an outlet. It was all a way to be in front of people, to perform, to entertain, and to offer some sort of value to the world so I could justify my own existence. Because if I had a bad wrestling match or a bad show, mm-hmm. or if I messed up too badly on the air, I botched an intro to a song, all the all those voices, all the depression would just come raging back. And it was a struggle to make it to the next show, to the next mm-hmm. event, or the next uh, uh, shift on radio. And, uh, but if I had a good one, then I was like, okay, I can make it this next week or I can make it this next few days until the next one. Um, so it was a constant up and down battle, but the whole time I was using entertaining people performing as a way to deflect. So number one, people didn't see what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Number two, people would not, or I thought that people would avoid feeling what I felt, uh, because if, you know, if they're laughing, if they're entertained, if they feel a little bit better about their day, then obviously they're not feeling as dark as I was feeling. Mm. So that was my whole purpose. And that's how I got into comedy was trying to make the world a better place. Now that I've pursued the Lord and he's given me a new ministry, mm-hmm. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to use comedy and entertainment to make the world a better place, but it's with a much more pure purpose and a pure mm-hmm. heart and an even better goal of not just trying to make the world better now, but to help point people to uh, the cross so that they would get to know God better and know that he is not just a God of rules and regulations and and thou shalt and thou shalt not. He's a God of love. He's a God of joy. He's a God of happiness. And it's truly okay to laugh even in church. Some people might get bristled or, or stiff-necked at that idea, but it's okay to laugh in church because mm. what good father doesn't take joy and doesn't laugh with his kids? Mm. And uh, that's, you know, my whole jo- uh, purpose is to bring joy and bring light and point people to God as our father who loves us dearly in heaven. Wow. You know, that is so interesting because as you were, you know, talking about some really deep things, depression, um, mental illness, suicide. These are some things that are just plaguing um, mm-hmm. our society today, especially during the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. There are so many people that have contemplated suicide. There's a lot of mental health issues that are just going unnoticed in the home. Um, even with children, you know, they're experiencing yeah. a higher level of depression, a higher level of of mental illness that was not there before. And it's because we were thrown into this vacuum of of not going anywhere and 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 there's so much happening uh in the world with people dying that you know that we loved and 
and sickness and all of the things going on in the news, um, depression, mental health, suicide, these are some real issues. And somehow yeah. or another, you were able to hang on through all of those voices, you know, that mm -hmm. were just bombarding your mind on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's really interesting because even though you were performing, you know, doing entertainment as, as big boy buddy love, yet you had all of these, these voices in your head. Here you are like the Hulk performer, you know, taking people down and, and mm -hmm. slaying guys <laughs> and things like that in the ring. But then yet you were being defeated by yeah. these voices, this, this, this voice of depression and this voice of, of uh, suicide. And it's really amazing that it doesn't matter who you are, you know, the size, how strong you are. If you're not at a certain place mentally, these things can overtake you. These voices can drown yeah. you and drown out the good that you're trying to put out. You were trying to make people happy, try to make people smile, giving them another reason to go on. And yet you were battling on the sidelines of mm -hmm. going through this, this depression, this mental illness. And, and what you found out later that there is a reason uh, for that. Like you said, some of the things that you were, that happened to you when you were younger, but then you found the true antidote, Christ. Yes. And, and that is really what brought you through. And I think that's one of the messages we want to bring out today is that you could be battling, you know, depression. You could be going through some type of mental illness and having, hearing voices of suicide. Like you said, in your case, you were trying to do it so that you wouldn't bring a shame to your family. You wanted them to not feel bad about something that you had did. And mm -hmm. so I think it's really, really important to understand the antidote, which in your case was Jesus Christ who brought you out of that dark place into his marvelous light so that you can be able to um, let your pure purpose shine through of who you yeah. really are and, and what you were here created to do. And so Absolutely. that is that is really, really so interesting. And uh, I just, when you talk about that, I just find that so wild. It's kind of like the story of David and Goliath. You know, I think about David and Goliath, people think, well, yeah, the, the Israelites were saying, well, he's, he's a big guy, you know, to, to slay. But then David looked at him and said, he's too big to miss, you know? And, mm -hmm. I, and I think about, you know, your story, what you're saying, that no matter what's going on, whatever size you are, whatever you're trying to do in life, it doesn't matter. If you don't have Christ in your life, then you're going to have these challenges. You're going to have these voices, but there is an antidote. And that's what I think is really important about your story. You know, um, I know you talked about being bullied as a kid and going through some difficult times and things like that. How did improv, you know, come about? Because as you were wrestling and then you were going in, you were a DJ, you had all these different forms of comedy, but what brought you to improv, improv? Because that's a different type of comedy versus stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people are usually interested to find out is uh, pro wrestling is very much uh, akin to improv. Uh, you out there, you have kind of a scenario that's set up, but you also feed off each other. You tell the story in the ring. Um, you kind of have a, a scenario that you're trying to work towards, mm. but in general, you're feeding off each other. So if I'm having a bad match, uh, my opponent can pick me up. If we're both having a bad match and the crowd just isn't into it, uh, we can end the match quickly so that we don't ruin the whole show, wow. which is very similar to what improv is. If you go out and the scene is just horrible, you're not going anywhere with it, you end it quickly so that the rest of the show can pick it up. Mm. Um, and, uh, 
now when I do improv, if I pick up a chair on stage, my my co-stars have to realize I'm not going to hit them with it. I'm mm. just moving it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is they go back to the big boy buddy love again. He's yeah. he snapped back into that mode. You know, it, it is interesting because as you think about comedy, um, you know, there's scriptures that says, you know, laughter, you know, what it does to the heart. And it does mm-hmm. make the heart founder. It does lighten the load. Um, people can have a serious moment and someone could walk into the room, even a child, and could mm-hmm. do something or say something funny. And that laughter that erupts, it it takes everybody in the whole room. It changes the atmosphere of the room. And yeah. so there is so much to be said about comedy. I think in the world in which we are in today, we need more laughter. We need more mm-hmm. smiles. We need more joy because there's so much going on in, in, in a lot of parts of the world. But laughter is that one common denominator that can bring us together. I mean, there's so many YouTube videos and things out there, materials that people look at. And I don't care if it's a baby or if it's an animal, um, things to make you laugh, things to make you smile. And uh, I, I think that's something that is really good, is really something that we all need. We all need to be fueled with more joy. And so I'm so excited and love comedy because it's something that gets your endorphins going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just it, it puts you into a whole nother place. But improv, um, that talk about that a little bit because that's a different skill set. Everybody can't do improv. I mean, you I know in college and things they'll tell you to get up and try different things and classes I've had in different uh levels, but everybody's just not good at improv. What type of skills do you need to be able to to just soar? Because that's what you guys do. You soar at improv. So how do you how do you what skills do you need to help people to kind of get into that type of comedy? Well, it depends also on what kind of improv you're doing. Like for me in Wellverse Comedy, uh, we are Christians and we focus on doing clean comedy that uh, fits in with, uh, I kind of uh, say that we filter it through Philippians 4.8. You know, mm. what is pure, what is lovely, what is holy, what is beautiful and praiseworthy. You know, we want our comedy to kind of fit that mold. Uh, so our our brand is going to be a lot different than what you might see in in a, a secular theater like uh, Second City mm. or Laugh Out Loud in Schaumburg. Uh, so for us, I compare it. I compare Christianity and uh, Christian improv uh, with three basic rules. Okay. Uh, love one another, support one another, and work in humility. Mm. I think if you follow those three rules in either your Christian walk or in doing Christian improv, uh, you're going to do really well because the idea of being a Christian and the idea of being a Christian improviser is not to be the star. Mm. My job is not to go out there and dominate the show and say, hey, look at Dave Ebert. And my job in ministry is not to go out there and say, hey, look at Dave Ebert. He's wonderful. He's fantastic. Oh, by the way, I serve God. Mm. If we serve in love, serve one another, and serve in humility, uh, and either way, you're going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, the, the skill set that you need is also to know my job when I go on stage is not to be funny. My job is not to seek the joke. My job is not to dominate the scene to get mm-hmm. my point of view across. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to that support one another and working in humility is as we build something together, because we're human, because the people that are watching us are human, there's going to be moments that are going to be funny naturally. It's going to happen mm. because God made us goofy. <laughs> Let's just be frank. God made us goofy. Uh-huh. And, and uh, like I said earlier, he's he's the father sitting on his throne in heaven. He's watching down at his kids. 
And he takes joy and he laughs with us mm-hmm. when we're doing things that that honor him and that mm-hmm. glorify him. And so we have that focus when we go on stage. The idea is to support one another. If I come out there and I say something that's completely dumb, yeah, yeah. My my scene partner's job is to make it sound like it's the most brilliant thing to ever happen. <laughs> and then when they respond, I respond the same way and make them look brilliant. And if we both look brilliant, the crowd's going to enjoy it. Even if even if we do a scene that's more dramatic or more mm-hmm. serious, and, and it, it happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. But if we get more serious, the crowd's going to enjoy it because they're going to see the authenticity, the reality, and the fact that we have two people that genuinely love and care about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll go to some uh, secular improv uh, groups and you'll see you'll see who wants to be the star of the show and you'll see who uh, wants to, you know, be the dominant force. Yeah. With us, uh, there is no dominant force. There's mm. just creativity and there's just uh, coming together. Because if you think about it, we walk on stage and we just create entire universes by speaking it into existence. Mm. What did God do? God is the ultimate improviser. He walked onto a blank stage and <laughs> spoke it into existence. Right. Obviously, we're on a, a much smaller scale, and and God breaks one improv rule in that He planned the end from the beginning. Mm. Where in improv, you're not supposed <laughs> to make those plans. That is so interesting. I love that. I love that. And that came from Big Boy Buddy Love. I want you to know, okay, with those skills <laughs> of what you need. You know, the whole team is Christ centered and Word centered. And I love that when you say well-versed comedy, um, you're using, you know, scriptures. You're, you have a, a message in your comedy. You're not just throwing out mindless comedy, um, mm-hmm. but you're, you're really driving home a point, not just being funny, like you said, but it's really meaningful. I love the testimonies of the individuals um, with, with, with the comedy team. Each one of them have their own story. And so yeah. you've managed to bring together a group of people that are on the same page at the same time, loving doing what they're doing, but they're doing it as a heart-centered messenger, you know, for Christ yeah. and and bringing that comedy forth. And they're also different. They're also unique in their styles and 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 in their delivery. Um, how did you find these group of people to 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 just gel and to get together? Because they're from all walks of life, all all of them different cultures and things, men and women, or a lot of women actually in the group. But how did you put this team together? The short answer and the truest answer is God. Mm. There's no way that I would have met these people and brought them together without God's influence. Mm. Uh, We met through different sources. Uh, I met uh, Nikki through a Facebook group, and she said she's moving to Chicago. And I immediately said, hey, what do you think about this? Um, Anna, I met through uh, backstage casting. Wow. Um, and Lenore also came through backstage casting. Uh, Essie, I met at a, uh, a Christian arts conference uh, mm. about five, maybe six years ago. Wow. And um, so that's how this team came together. Um, you know, other people that have come through the group, uh, you know, I've met through, uh, I actually, the co founder, when we first founded the group, uh, Ryan. I met him through Craigslist. Mm. So, <laughs> so, um, so it could happen. Angels in the outfield can draw you in. It, it could happen. Exactly. You know, let's talk a little bit about Pure Fest because you have all these comedians coming in from different cities, different states um, that have come to the, the state of Illinois for what, mm-hmm. what you call Pure Fest. Talk a little bit about Pure Fest, what it is, when is the next one coming up? I know we've been in a pandemic, so things that kind of slowed down a little bit, but what is the message behind Pure Fest? 
Well, uh, PureFest, uh, we had we've had uh, two successful years in uh, 2018 and 2019. Obviously, uh, the pandemic uh, canceled that out. And uh, as part of the pandemic and, and life changing, uh, we're actually uh, no longer at uh, our previous venue. So uh, we'll need to find a venue and uh, determine a new date for when we want to put it together. Um, but that will be announced as soon as we figure that out, um, because. Uh, even though we're in phase five here in Illinois and mm-hmm. things are reopening, right. there's still a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of people who have uh, venues that could host Pure Fest that are still on the fence about what they want to do, what they right. want to host. Um, so it's to be determined and uh, waiting on God to open the right door for that. Uh, but the the philosophy behind Pure Fest was you see all these comedy festivals, all these different events for people to come together, actors, comedians, sketch groups, uh, improv groups, they all come together, but there's not really one, there's never really one specifically for Christians. Mm. Uh, Whether or not you do Christian comedy or you just do comedy as a Christian, Mm. there's not a place for you to fellowship, to network, to meet people and to find out, hey, I'm not by myself in this. I'm not the only one that's here doing this, trying to honor God with my gifts. Right. So we uh, we did it first in 2018. Uh, it took a year to plan and put together. Mm. And uh, so thankful to Crosspoint Church for having hosted those first two years. Mm. And uh, we had uh, a team from Colorado, three people, that three Christians that specifically formed an improv group uh, group just to come uh, in 2018 for that first year. Wow. wow. Um, we also had Fish Sticks out of Milwaukee uh, come mm. down. Uh, my group, Bo Overs Comedy, was there. And it was just a really cool thing to see Christians coming together, mm. uh, like-minded, supporting one another, cheering each other on. And then in 2019, we had a few more teams. We had two colleges come in. Um, we had uh, Chicago, uh, Concordia University of Chicago come, wow. as well as uh, Lee University out of Tennessee came all the way up. Mm. And uh, so we had the two college teams. We had some individual performers come together. And one of the cool things we did that second year was we did a wildcard team where if you were a Christian that did improv, but you didn't have an, a Christian team or a group of Christians that could come with you, we would plug you into this wildcard team of just random individuals. You'd have about an hour to meet, rehearse, and determine what you wanted to do. And then you go out and perform. Wow. Uh, and Again, when you follow those three basic fundamentals of love each other, support each other, work in humility, you can put a group of Christians in together and they can rely on their improv training and those three skill sets and they performed really well together. There was nobody trying to steal the show. There's nobody trying to outperform one another. Mm -hmm. And so the wildcard segment was one of my favorites outside of my own being able to perform, Mm -hmm. but just seeing people come together, perform, get laughs, and truly entertain. So that was phenomenal. That's something we're definitely going to keep. And um, we've also had individual performers. Um, So it's just, like I said, it's about bringing Christians together who are really and truly underrepresented Mm. uh, in in arts. Uh, So many people think that Christians are like B-level, like, the world produces A-level quality entertainment. Okay. Christians are maybe B, C, or D-level because mm. you can't be Christian and it can't be funny, mm. which I will argue until the Lord calls me home mm-hmm. that we serve the ultimate creator. Yes. Therefore, we should be just as creative as he is mm. because we're made in his image. Right. 
And so when you bring Christians together who are willing to just perform and just exercise the gifts that he's given us, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Now, I know that there are some really cheesy, really bad Christian stuff out there. Yes. And let's be honest, the world produces its own amount of cheese. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe ours is a higher percentage because we don't have the high budgets. We don't have everything that we that Hollywood has. Mm-hmm. But we also have a lot more stuff that's got good meaning that's actually available to all audiences, mm-hmm. not just those 18 and above who don't mind certain things. Right, right. You know, Dave, let's talk a little bit about your coaching and the people you are reaching because that is so important. Is that just basically within comedy? Because I know you're involved in ministry as well. What is your focus of, of your coaching? Uh, you know, career. Yeah, I uh, coach improv uh, for both comedy purposes, for somebody that wants to uh, learn or develop their ability to do clean comedy, clean mm-hmm. improv. Uh, but one of my, the, the joy that I have, or one of the biggest joys is I actually train uh, imp- or teach improv to women who survive sex trafficking. Wow. I've, uh, yeah, I've been volunteering at uh, Salt Lake Coalition for about three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not about teaching them to perform, it's about helping break through the shells. Because when you've gone through sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. you lose parts of yourself. Yes, You you lose uh, the inner child. You lose Mm -hmm. the ability to trust. You lose the ability to believe in yourself and Mm -hmm. believe in your ability to create. Mm -hmm. So we go in, we teach improv, and we do it in a way to improve communication, uh, both how they communicate to others and how they receive communication. Mm. Um, we also teach it as a way to tap into that creativity that, you know, God made us to be creative beings. Right. Right. And so often the, these, these women have been through such hell on earth. Right. Let's just be frank. Yes. That, you know, that part is shut off. So if we tap back into that, then they also find out that they have a voice. They have something valuable to say and to offer to the world. And so that it eventually and inevitably builds up self-esteem and confidence. Mm. And let's say none of that happens. Maybe I fail as a, as a teacher to get to those points. Mm-hmm. At least an hour a month with me, they get to laugh like kids uh, sometimes for the first time in decades. Wow. Uh, because some of these women were, were sold into trafficking by mm. parents as as sub-teenagers mm. uh, because the parents needed a hit. They needed a fix. Yeah. And mm. so these, these ladies were sold like property mm. uh, for that fix. And, and here's the thing that's kind of the unwritten part of the program mm-hmm. that I truly uh, value and I, I will never... Um, I will never overlook. Yes. And, and that's the fact that me as a man mm-hmm. am able to go in and work with these women who've been hurt and devastated by men, some, many times men that they originally had trusted. Yes. And I'm able to have that safe platonic relationship where I show them that number one, there's not, not every man is evil. Mm-hmm. And number two, that they can trust in God's love from everybody. Not just the the women that, that are there as volunteers, but also mm. that there are men who will love them as who they are. Mm. And that being able to be a man in that situation, I will I will always appreciate and I will always value that trust that Salt and Light has put into me. Mm. And um, I just love 
teaching improv as a way to break through the walls that the world has taught us to build up or that the, that the world has given us. Mm. Because it's okay to be silly and laugh every once in a while. You got to let go. You got to break through some of those walls. It, it's online. I've seen women come in, their arms crossed, the, the brow furrowed, and they are looking like they're, it, it's almost as if they're saying, I wish somebody would. Wow. I wish somebody would say something. Mm. And they come in because they're carrying the burdens of the world. They're trying yeah. to find housing. Mm. Right. Uh, many of them are battling to get their kids back from uh, uh, DCFS. Yeah. Many of them are still dealing with um, you know, court cases and, and crimes from the past because uh, many of them have gone into drug abuse either because their handlers or their pimps mm -hmm. have forced them in or that was a way that they could uh, cope with what kind of a life that they were being forced into. So they've got these different things that they're wrestling with. So they're coming in with these burdens of the world on their shoulders. And I've seen it several times where these women will come in ready to fight for the mm -hmm. at the first drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. But a couple moments into the exercises, a couple moments of laughter, and you literally see this cracking up, the burdens falling to the floor, and you see a new person within five minutes. And I love doing that. And I I love having every opportunity to go out and teach improv as a way to break through those shells and, and a way to improve people's lives. You know, that is just that you said a mouthful there, Dave, because it's interesting listening to your story um, of how you got started and, you know, even some of the abuse that you went through through other individuals, their, their verbal abuse and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the journey that you had to go on. I mean, you it's as if Christ set you up, you know, with the characters and the places and the different relationships in your life to bring you to the point. And then you had all these confrontations of different people coming at you with different things and you yourself putting yourself in positions to try to bring the joy, but then you yet were still having your battles of mental uh, things going on. And so you had your own confrontation, but then God brings you to this resolution point where you're like, hey, now I'm able to help other people. I'm able to make a difference. I am able to be the salt and the light of the world. And it's amazing how this, this group of individuals, how you're able to minister and to reach out to them, a group of people that are really hurting, that need a friend, that need someone to believe in them, and you yourself was at a place where you needed someone to believe in you. You needed to know, do you see me? Do you hear mm -hmm. me? And so now you're being, um, you know, a coach and you're being a light to people that really need someone to help them to find their voice. And that is so important. Um, one of the most important things that you can do is to, you know, reach your hand out and help people. And I love the fact that you're, you're able to do that in a platonic way um, where they're not threatened. You know, they're not feeling bad. They're not feeling like this is a mistake. And uh, at the end of the day, if you could put a smile on their face and 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 they can leave that place, that class, knowing that, you know, I, I got that energy out. I, I had a smile. I had a break in my day of, you know, of just being able to laugh again. That is so, so important. And that is very an important type of coaching that we need. We need more people like that. Now, is Bobby involved in that? Your wife, is she involved in that with you as well? in the coaching aspect, um, you know, with the women, talking to them and helping them with improv. I know she does administration things <laughs> for the organization, but what is her uh, role in all of this? 
She actually, um, because it's done during the day, daytime hours, I have to uh, work my work schedule around it to uh, to do it. So because she's normally teaching or handling uh, her normal work day, mm. she's not able to really be a part of it. So she's prayer support, she's administrative support. And there will be time, and uh, eventually, because she's actually in the middle of a career change, mm. I'm hoping that she'd be able to, to participate and join Uh Number one, again, for that modeling, to model a healthy marriage relationship uh, for many women that that have never seen it, that have mm-hmm. never experienced it. Uh, maybe they've been married or maybe they are married, mm-hmm. but they've not seen or experienced healthy mm. uh, marriage. Yeah. And yeah. so that would be really cool to bring them in, uh, to bring Bobby with me to kind yeah. of model that and us work together. Um, but unfortunately, just schedules hasn't haven't worked out to where she could. Mm. You know, what's next for Gift for His Glory? Because there's so many things that's going on. I know that you're on uh, Roku with a, a successful mm-hmm. program, a successful podcast as well. Um, what is next for Gift for His Glory? What's in your heart that you yet want to do to impact the world? The um, I really want, now that things are opening up here in uh, in Illinois and, and beyond, I really want to do the old get the band back together and uh, start doing some more uh, improv mm-hmm. um, and uh, do more performances, more fundraisers, uh, more opportunities to just bring light and laughter into a world that really needs it, especially after these last uh, 16, 17 months mm-hmm. uh, between the pandemic and the election and and everything that's been going on. We need to laugh. We need that break. And uh, God gave us laughter specifically for these times, mm. not to be irreverent, not to disrespect the loss of life or the disrespect um, people's emotions related to uh, current events, but in spite of it, because mm. there's a joy that's bigger than what we see before us. There, there's a mountain that's that's higher, that's above all this, and we're trying to point to that mountain uh, by breaking the. the the wall in front of us because we're seeing everything right in front of us thinking, this is it. This is the only thing, but it's not. There's a God above that wants us to to laugh. And so many times when you laugh, you lift your head backwards and you start looking upward. And that's what we want. We want the laugh to knock your head backwards so you're looking up (laughs) towards the sky. And uh, so I want to do more improv. Uh, we did a show a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but mm-hmm. uh, we did a show in Lockport uh, to raise uh, funds for Royal Family Kids Camp uh, in Lockport. And just to be back on stage, and um, it wasn't a sold out, but it was a packed house. It was a full house at the Roxy. It was so good just to feel the energy and feel yes. the emotion and hear people laugh, maybe for the first time in a long time because mm-hmm. they were letting go of the year's burdens. Wow. Um, so I want to do more performances. Uh, I'm looking for every opportunity I can get to get on stage. Um, and the next thing is we're we're entering in, uh, no matter what your theology, we're entering right. into those end times. Yes. Jesus yes. is getting ready. The trumpet players are warming their lips. Mm. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. I don't yeah. know if it's 10 years. Mm-hmm. But we need to start getting ready. And so many people are afraid to share their ministry. They're afraid to share their gospel, mm. their testimony. So I want 
to go out and use improv as a way to break through the walls and the lies mm. to show you do have a voice. You do have something valuable to say, mm. and God wants to use it. Wow. Uh, because you think about Luke 12, where Jesus is talking, and he's talking about when you get pulled before the authorities and the judges and the courts, don't be afraid of what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will give it to you. I know he's talking about the courts and authorities, but mm. I think that it's also applicable for when you're going before people, people who are going to judge you. Mm. Don't be afraid of what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will give it to you. Mm. But we're too often afraid. So I want to break down those walls and equip people to be able to confidently go out and share their testimony, Mm. share the gospel. Don't even worry about what people are going to say because you're playing for an audience of one. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. You know, how can someone get in contact with you, Dave, if they want to book the, you know, the gifts for his glory uh, group, you know, the improv group, how can they get in contact with you to be able to get more information on your ministry and the powerful things that you guys are doing? Sure. Uh, the easiest way uh, to reach out to me directly is uh, my email, dave at gifts4glory.com. So dave at gifts4glory.com. And I also want to uh, throw this out um, to anybody that might listen um, and I share this every time I give my testimony. Anybody that's listening, if you're somebody that's wrestling with depression, thoughts mm-hmm. of suicide, mm-hmm. please use that email. I know that sometimes, especially in my case, it's easier to share with somebody that doesn't know you because there's no preconceived notions. There's no chance of embarrassment or shame because they don't know you. They can't judge you. Uh, but if you need somebody that you can just vent to, mm-hmm. uh, just have verbal diarrhea in your email and let me, you know, let me, uh, walk through the valley with you, I would love to. So please email me at davidgistroglory.com if you're somebody that's in that position. And uh, if you're also somebody that's looking for an improv workshop, improv performance to to make a difference at your church, at your business, uh, we'd love to talk. Again, that's davidgistroglory.com. And that came from him from big boy, buddy love himself, reaching out his heart out to you. Please, please do get in contact with Dave. If you're having a challenge, if you're experiencing some type of depression, some type of, you know, suicidal thoughts, uh, there's mm, just, you're yes. feeling alone. Please use that email, reach out to him. He is there to care. Not only is he in the uh, comedy world, but he's also an ordained minister. So he can help and he can pray with you and he can help you to get through those difficult times. Friends, we're just about almost out of time right now, but we want to thank you for listening. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, please visit our website for updates and more information. And please leave a comment at www.roadtoeternity.net. And remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world. We want to thank Dave Ebert for being with us today. Big boy, buddy, love. We love you. You've got a big heart to match your name, but he's doing comedy now and he's doing it for the glory of God. And uh, it's, he's making a difference. The group and the team that's working with him, uh, they're making a difference. They're doing all they can to bring joy back into the hearts of people and to put a smile on your face. So join us again next time for Gifted with Sheila White. We'll see you then. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Shite. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.